Digital content on WAER is made possible thanks to California Closets, creating functional home offices for those working and learning remotely. Offering in-home and virtual consultations. Learn more at californiaclosets.com. The aspect of sustainability that most people really like to look at is the environmental aspect. But there's this large social aspect that often gets left behind. Welcome to the 315. I'm Joe Lee. And I'm Kevin Kloss. After months of COVID-19 shutdowns, we are back in the saddle, Joe. We are definitely back in the saddle. Uh, Everything was shut down. No events. So no show. And here we are. We're back at it. So climate change, Kevin. That's a big issue, right? You could say that kind of understatement of the year, but yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, it's certainly one of the main issues of the 2020 election. And regardless of where you stand on the political argument over climate science, I think we can all agree that maintaining the planet and our environment in a way that allows us to continue to live off of Earth's life-giving resources is important to us, right? Absolutely. Helping us to learn a little bit more about sustainability efforts in our area and ways to celebrate sustainability is Meg Lau, Sustainability Coordinator in the Energy Systems and Sustainability Management Department at Syracuse University. Welcome, Meg. Thank you. We're glad you could join us and help us uh, understand a little more about sustainability. Uh, It's not, uh, you know, I I think the way I phrase things uh, opening up, it's not really about the about climate science and, and climate change and all that. Sustainability is really about preserving the resources that we have. If I'm, am, am I stating that right? You are. The definition that we kind of use on campus for sustainability is that we're meeting the needs of today without compromising the needs of future generations. So you're spot on. Right. And in so doing does help, yes. I think, preserve uh, you know what's happening in, in our climate. Absolutely. It goes back to that Haudenosaunee way of saying of the seven generations where we're only taking what we need today. We want to make sure that we're leaving enough so that seven generations after us, they still have what they need too. So in our country, on college campuses, we've seen sort of this uh, effort and department growing. And I think what we're here to celebrate is national sustainability on college campuses, right? Yeah, throughout the whole month of October. And and that makes sense because I would imagine that college campuses with, you know, hundreds and, and, and in most cases, larger universities with thousands of students and staff and faculty uh, have a significant impact on uh, resources. Oh, absolutely. We all do. You think about just coming on your first day at Syracuse University and all the resources that goes into that, just with your travel alone, it's we have a pretty big footprint. Now, before we jump into some of the events that you guys are going to be having, you know, nothing's ever really stagnant. Things are usually either moving forward or there's a lack of progress. In your position here within the university, do you see and you feel that students are fairly open to what you guys are trying to encourage people to do in terms of sustainability? Oh, definitely. I think especially I've been here for about four years now. I started as a a graduate student within the department. Um, We've seen just a big growth within the last two years. Students are reaching out to us more and they want to be more involved, especially with what we're doing. Um, Personally, I think we're doing a lot of really amazing things. But again, this is what I do for a living and I'm very passionate about it. But Definitely. Students are, they're asking for it. When they come to the university, admissions reached out to us and they said, you know, what what can we tell these students that want to come here? Um, so it's definitely an ask that students are looking for, especially here at Syracuse. And obviously, you're a paid professional with the university. 
Are there opportunities for students to get involved with your office in like a f- an official capacity, maybe in an internship or something like that? Yes, we offer a lot of four credit internships. So it's really what you're interested in. We think if you're passionate about something, you're going to do a much better much better job, better work for us. And we have so many diverse projects. Sustainability isn't just about, you know, keeping the earth green. It's really all encompassing. We can really incorporate it into any, no matter what your major is, we can incorporate it. So you, you spoke very prideful about some of the things that you guys are doing. Tell us about some of those. You know, our department's small. There's only two of us in there. But with our large team of students, we have anywhere from, I think the most we've had in there at one point was nine for a semester. We've just um, really expanded things. We became a B campus in the summer of 2019, which doesn't necessarily mean that we are putting bees on campus, although we have put bees on campus. So that, you know, little side note, but we became a B campus USA to promote more pollinator habitats within our campus. We were already doing a lot of the things that B campus was asking, like not using any pesticides promoting more native plant species to our to the central New York area. So now it's just digging through that research, making sure we have we have more of those plants in there, definitely not using any pesticides we weren't before, so we're not going to start and protecting those pollinators cuz about one third of the food that we all eat is influenced by a pollinator. So it's so important that we at Syracuse University continue to do that. And that's just one of Several projects that we're working on. As a, as a campus uh, housing thousands of students, feeding thousands of students, I would imagine packaging and um, uh, all the, the, the materials that it takes to supply students with everything from food to other essentials creates a lot of package usage. So, oh, yes. So, so what are we doing in terms of managing use of plastics and, and things like that? Well, we're definitely trying to reduce our consumption of plastic. In the dining centers, they did kind of take away all the plastic straws. I believe that happened about two years ago now. We have about a 48% recycling rate on our campus, which when you look at the numbers, you think, wow, out of 100, is that really the best that we can do? But when you look at the national average, so Onondaga County has about a 56% recycling rate. We're right up there. We're the second highest county in the United States. So at 56%. So we're, we're trying to reduce as much as possible. Um, Onondaga County Resource Recovery Agency does a tremendous job of helping us reduce our waste. We put out a recycling uh, infographic with recycling on one side and trash on the other. Okra approved it. They said this is wonderful. We handed it out to tons of students. Um, and we've seen that it does help. They're, we're not just focusing on the numbers. Everyone sees the numbers at the bottom of their say their yogurt cup, and they're like, is this recyclable? And just because it has a recycling symbol on it, they're saying, well, yeah, I can recycle it because it's got that recycling symbol. But we know that that's not necessarily the case. There's only a certain market for certain plastics. So Onondaga County has done a great job just kind of focusing on kind of what we can and cannot recycle. So yogurt cups are yes. Laundry detergent bottles. So any type of bottle, and you just want to focus on the item, not the number at the bottom of it. Bottles, yogurt cups, dairy containers, things like that are are all acceptable. And then, of course, your paper products and aluminum cans, things like that, can all be recycled. But we're we're trying to do more. It's you know, as with everything, they do take time, and we are definitely working towards reducing our plastic consumption on campus. And that just goes back to those three R's of reduce. That's the first one. Then reuse if you can, and then recycle is your last attempt. 
Is there a focus within your department and the work you guys are doing to kind of expand what you just talked about? You're talking about those numbers on the bottom of the yogurt container, that as much as you're out there to educate people through events and through resources, that there's also a fair amount of you know, dismissing things that would be perceived as truth, but in fact are fiction. Is there a lot of that that you have to do setting the record straight? Oh, absolutely. We get we get asked quite a bit about, you know, where does our recycling go? Or, you know, I thought I could recycle this. We go and we speak to classes, and those, those are a lot of the questions that we get. Or even though I'm recycling, it's just going to a landfill. And that's a common misconception here in Onondaga County. They do a great job of of actually recycling. They know what the market is. They're very on top of that. Um, They don't just take every plastic just to take it either. But also we have a a waste energy facility. So if we're not going to use something, then we then burn that that waste and turn it into energy. And we power about 35,000 homes in the Syracuse area. So here we are in October and it is uh, National Sustainability or College Campus Sustainability Month. And uh, you guys, along with other uh, colleges and universities around the country, are finding ways to celebrate that. So let's talk a a little bit about some of those. There are some that are actually um, open to the public or or things that the public can do to uh, celebrate and learn more about uh, sustainability and the impact that we're having on our environment. Uh, One is uh, a virtual screening and panel discussion of Chasing Coral, which is a film on Netflix uh, that will be on October 15th at 4 p.m. The film uh, took more than three years to shoot and is the result of 500 hours of underwater footage that examines our impact on coral reefs around the world. This is an award-winning documentary, um, and that's going to be open for folks to participate in. Tell us a little bit about that. We also have a, a panel in addition to that. And we are partnering with two professors out of the Department of Earth and Environmental Sciences, Professors Linda Avani and Tripti Vedikarya, and, and of course a graduate student as well, Jesse McCraw. And they'll be kind of speaking about the film, but also their expertise on it. So weighing in a little bit more. So how um, will that work in terms of public participation? So I would connect how, and how would I watch the film, and how would I connect to the, the panel discussion? So everything's going to be done via Zoom. So it's not in person. Um, You can go on either our website, sustainability.syr.edu, or check out our social media pages. We'll make sure it's on there as well. We're just at SustainableSU for Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, And you can just kind of click the link and join. Again, it starts at Mm -hmm. 4. So it's coming up, but it's... It should be fun and interesting, and the film is just phenomenal if you haven't watched it already. And the film itself will be projected through Zoom? Through Zoom, okay. yep. yep. You don't have to have a separate link for that. It's all one and the same. And talk a little bit about how the relationship to the health of our oceans and uh, the health of our coral reefs. Yeah, I mean, our oceans are like the, the lungs of, of the earth. A large percentage of our oxygen is from. That's it's Without our oceans, you know, can we have the land? Can we be sustainable? Um, so protecting it, trying to help it, the climate itself not be as warm, again, reducing our carbon consumption, trying to sequester some of that carbon out of the atmosphere will also help, but doing the best that we can to kind of protect that. Our, our coral reefs are one of the most biodiverse areas on the planet. So again, the professors will talk more about right. this. But Because um, coral is like the 
sort of like the canary in the coal mine in the ocean in that the health of a coral reef tells us how healthy the ocean is, uh, whether or not ocean's at its proper temperature. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is the uh, the base of the, the food chain uh, in our right. oceans. And, and of course, uh, ocean provides a, a good source of our food um, for us to, to sustain Kevin on. Kevin's a big fish eater. Uh, my wife hates fish. I enjoy it. It's a, it's a topic of contention in our household, but thanks for bringing that up. Something else you guys are going to be doing that involves you guys, uh, you know, having a party to watch uh, something that's available on Netflix, and that's David Attenborough's Life on Our Planet. That's October 29th at 6 p.m. Talk a little bit about what's going to go on that evening and why you guys felt like that specifically was important for people to see. Well, when we were trying to decide what events we wanted to do for the month, uh, we did a few Netflix parties back in April for Earth, Earth Month, but we were really trying to focus on something that everyone could relate to. I think if you've watched any climate change documentary, you've heard David Attenborough's voice. If you've seen, I believe they're called Earth, the videos that came mm-hmm. out probably 10 years ago now, he's the narrator of all of that. He's seen so many things throughout his lifetime. I believe he's 92 now. And it's so it's just a journey through how he's seen the world change through all of his different experiences. He's a giant advocate for our planet. So tying that in kind of at the end of the month to say, yes, we can all make a difference. We have a 92-year-old man who isn't just, you know, he's not ready to back down yet. And I think that's so phenomenal. I hope I can, you know, channel some of him as if I make it to 92. But (laughs) um, I think it's it's also a more laid-back atmosphere on a Netflix party. There's a chat room that you can kind of discuss everything on. Um, but just, again, it's going to be on our website and on our social media pages. So just check that out. Um, very low-key, but just a fun way to watch with everybody else. A lot of times when we do these in the chat room, we get a little bit of some expertise that, you know, maybe I may not even have. So it's great to to kind of get everybody's point of view, even in the middle of the film. So. I have a hard enough time getting Netflix to stop recommending episodes of Grey's Anatomy for me to watch. Were there any logistical or legal hoops you guys sort of have to navigate to coordinate what could be a large-scale viewing party for something that's on Netflix? No, because there's this beautiful thing called a Netflix party app. So you do have to download that first. It's just a Chrome extension. Click on that once you have the link that I will put out about 15 minutes before So about 5.45 on October 29th, you just click on that and you join with the rest of us. And it's really open to anyone who has a Netflix account. Most people do these days or they know someone who does, so they can kind of hop on with us. Um, It's just a more, like I said, it's a more laid back way of doing things. Um, With Chasing Coral, we did have to go through some of that, those legal, you know, setbacks, but they were more than willing, uh, the filmmakers were more than willing to kind of accommodate this for us during these times. So they found its importance and we mirrored that. You mentioned Syracuse University being a B campus. Uh, you have uh, Pollination, a virtual showcase of the student-built honeybee hives, pollinator gardens on campus and B Campus USA and the honeybees uh, now on South Campus. Talk about that. Yes. So that was a a pretty big project, two years in the making. I'll start with the honeybees and kind of how those came to campus. So Professor Lisa Olson-Gugarty reached out to our vice president, Pete Sala, and said, I would really like to get honeybees on campus. She's an amateur beekeeper. She's like, how do we make this happen? There's 
bees are, you know, there's so many different ways that you can study them, but also they produce this wonderful thing called honey. And what a great way to showcase, you know, all of Syracuse University through, you know, the native pollinator plants that we already have had on our campus. So Pete said, reach out to sustainability management, in which we listened to what what it is that she wanted to do. And we said, why don't you apply for our campus as a lab for sustainability grant? So she did. It's a grant that we offer every year. We offer about $75,000 each year. And it's only open to professors and students, which is probably for the best. Otherwise, I would get everything that I wanted at the university. So um, she she went ahead and applied for that and was rewarded that back in 2019. This past spring, despite all the challenges of COVID, um, she was able to get the honeybees out on South Campus. The first pull of honey that she did, she got about 60 pounds. And this last one, haven't converted it to pounds yet, but we're about 15 gallons wow. of honey. What's so, being done with the honey? So the honey is going to be sold in the bookstore, and we're still in need of a label for that. So we thought, what better way to harvest more of our Syracuse talent, we're really getting the most out of the university here, to design a honeybee label. So any student who would like to help us design the label for that, it will be featured in the bookstore. We hope to do it every year from here on out. Our student honey label competition up on the Bee Campus USA website page, that's just sustainability.syr.edu. Any student can participate in that. We're just asking for a very small design of something that pertains to honey. So it doesn't have to follow Syracuse University guidelines, but feel free to if that's what you want to do. Um, And then the whole campus gets to vote on that. The top five artists that get chosen will be released to the larger campus community for everyone to vote on. And then again, it will be featured in the bookstore. So exciting things are happening with the honey. Kevin, hear me out on this. Okay. Imagine like an orange shaped like a bee with like with with black uh, bee stripes on the orange mm-hmm. and some antennae and wings. Okay, you think I can pull that off? No, I think someone could. Okay. I, I think someone could. I think perhaps no one in this room, but I think it's a good idea. I think you should pitch it. All right, uh, I'm gonna. I'm not a student, but I'm gonna try to win this thing. Get WAR some money. Uh, and <laughs> now you guys have some events that are happening uh, just on campus with with the campus community and students. Talk about one of those. Yeah. So actually, this Friday, October 16th, we are working with VPA to have a few other students come out and help us winterize our campus garden. So again, two years ago, it's been a busy couple of years, we put in a garden on South Campus named Pete's Giving Garden. So we worked with Saisha Bird at a Hendricks Chapel to put that in, and everything from the garden goes into the food pantries on campus. Um, in addition to that, we also opened a food pantry within our office. So now that it's you know mid-October, we need to start winding things down. Our tomatoes don't really want to quit yet, despite having some cooler weather. Um, So we're just going to be getting everything out. We are putting in a pollinator garden up there as well. So they'll be helping us do that as well as plant some onions and garlic. So that way we have more of that for the spring semester um, and just kind of wind things down for the season. So one of the on-campus events that I saw that you guys have listed, and I can't wait to hear you describe this one, and that's the virtual pantry cooking event that you guys are doing When I hear sustainability, that is not the first thing that comes to my mind. Talk to me about how that event and why maybe it it should be something I'm thinking about. Yeah, absolutely. So this is is more of a fun one. So 
two years ago, we put in our, our campus garden, Pete's Giving Garden, out on South Campus. And the goal of the of the garden was to benefit the food pantries. So working with Saisha Bird, who had that brilliant idea to put in the garden in the first place, she reached out to me and she said, would you want to help me teach a cooking class? Now, given everything that's going on this year and how abnormal it, it has been, we had to think kind of outside of the box. So when she said that, I said, absolutely. How are we going to do this? Do you think we could do it over Zoom? She said, I think Zoom's the way that we're going to have to do it. So we've kind of worked together. My background is actually in culinary arts. Um, most people say, well, how did you get to where you are now? Um, I came to Syracuse to obtain my master's in nutrition science. And food to me is all about sustainability. And I can go down that rabbit hole, but we'll save that for another day. We've kind of come together to support our people because that's really what this is about. We think about a college campus not really needing a food pantry. We don't have one food pantry on our campus. We have two. And there's a need to have those two. And that's why we have them. Um, so the aspect of sustainability that most people really like to look at is the environmental aspect. But there's this large social aspect that often gets left behind. So it's one of our social sustainability projects, as we like to call it. But it's also something that's really fun. So it's out of the norm. We do it in our own kitchens at home. So you kind of get to cook with us. Saisha and I, we love to cook together. We love to talk together. Um, and hopefully our students have enjoyed it so far, too. We've already had one class that happened on October 1st. But the next ones you can sign up for, there's one on October 22nd, and there's another one on November 12th. So a little bit later, they're both at 7. The next one that we're going to be doing is looking at a noodle So we're using common pantry ingredients that we keep finding in our pantries um, to encourage everyone to kind of take, take those, do something a little bit different. This one focuses on ramen noodles. So taking those, getting rid of that like sodium-laden packet, and making it something a little bit different, hopefully a little closer to home, um, that you can do easily within your own kitchen. So they're pretty fun. We like doing them. Was there any thought that if Saisha wasn't available that Joe Lee, who in his own mind is a resident chef, wait, could wait, fill in? Wait, it, on mine? It's documented. It's documented on social media. I'm a wonderful cook. Well, we'd love to have you. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I can creatively do anything with ramen noodles. but uh, yeah. Oh, you would I, be surprised. I, I, <laughs> I will definitely check it out and see what you guys are working with. Thank you for coming in and talking with us about some of the important things that you guys are doing to help sustain our planet. Is there a place where uh, folks can go to visit to see all that you're doing and all the events that you have going on? Again, we put most things up on our website, sustainability.syr.edu. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at SustainableSU. Um, but there's also the campus calendar that everyone can go to and see what other great events are happening that may be outside of our department but still fit the realm of Campus Sustainability Month. Great. Well, thanks for coming in. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks again to Meg Lau, Sustainability Coordinator in the Energy Systems and Sustainability Management Department at Syracuse University. Great to hear about the amazing work being done here on the Syracuse University campus and throughout Onondaga County. Yeah, and if sustainability and the importance of being educated on the topic wasn't at the forefront of our minds before, hopefully it'll be something that we're all thinking about now. Absolutely. Important facts 315 is a production of WAER Syracuse Public Media. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can find archived episodes at WAER.org. 
And don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts for automatic delivery of new episodes. For Joe Lee, I'm Kevin Kloss. Thanks for listening.